As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Football and Grits. I'm John Hayes. Of course, I'll be here every Friday throughout the season with a special guest to pick SEC games against the spread. This week, we have the man, the myth, the legend, T-Bob Bear as our special guest picker, co-host of Hold That Podcast podcast, our LSU podcast right here on The Athletic. T-Bob, what's going on? John, what's up, dude? Uh, glad to be here. Just uh, enjoying football season. Check out the Hold That podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to pick some of these games, man. Yeah, I know there's a lot of LSU fans that, that check out Football and Grits during the week. Uh, if you want more content from The Athletic, specifically about the reigning champions, of course, the Tigers, uh, you can subscribe to Hold That Podcast podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, and I believe there's a special deal T-Bob will give you for A-Bear Specialty Meats. Am I, am I right about yes. that? Yes, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just go, just go look. If you like stuffed chickens, just go to Abear Specialty Meats in the Bocas location if you live in Baton Rouge. Uh, also, go to athletic.com slash hold that podcast and take advantage of the great sign-up deals. He's T-Bob Abear. And, and can you real quickly, I mean, the, the, the name of the show is, is, is Football and Grits. And the, and the reason why is because I think as far as you know, Southern culture is con- concerned, those yeah. are two really strongholds that the South does – better than than anybody else i am a converted believer uh you know i'm i'm from the northeast i'm from philadelphia pennsylvania uh, i i married into an auburn family i yep. live in charlotte north carolina now so so i've gotten some some experience with grits how do you take your grits i want to know uh, so my grandpa used to make the best grits ever and um i think grits are kind of a keep it simple stupid type of play uh, like, sure, shrimp and grits, that's all great and everything. But uh, he would just load his grits down with butter, just like a full stick of butter, and then maybe throw, like, some eggs in there as well. And uh, they were amazing. Wow. I mean, that that speaks to me uh, directly. I feel that in my soul because I'm a, I'm a butter man. I mean, there's – I mean, but that's like – you know, there, there, there are a few common denominators on this earth, and one of them is quite simply that uh, just cooking – Anything with butter, adding butter to just about anything just immediately makes it that much better. 
And I've never even been an herb or spice guy either. I mean, you give me salt and pepper and you give me butter and, and I'm in good shape, especially when you, yeah. when you throw them on some grits. I mean, it's like it's like the, 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 the quarterback of cooking. I mean, its ability to elevate an entire team, um, I think, is unparalleled versus any other uh, – maybe salt. I mean, but, but then again, a lot of times those two are going hand-in-hand. Even though I was talking to a uh, – we have a LSU's executive chef every Thursday, and we just asked him a bunch of random food questions. And he pointed out, a lot of times I've been cooking with salted butter, but he's like, no, don't do that. You cook with unsalted butter, and then you just season it how you want. If you cook with salted butter, then you're just throwing everything off. Sure, it sounds delicious, but then, like, how are you going to maintain consistent salt levels when you're putting salted butter in and then you're adding salt on top of it? So cook with unsalted butter, a good unsalted butter, and then season as you like. And that's the type of information you're going to get on T-Bob's radio show, of course, <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he mentions every Thursday. I mean, this guy does it all. Uh, off the bench uh, on ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, that's a five-day-a-week yeah. show, right, T-Bob? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're on 7 to 10 a.m., uh, five days a week. It's mainly LSU and the Saints, uh, but we obviously talk like NFL as a whole, college football as a whole, uh, which is why I'm excited to be here on Football and Grits because I got some thoughts on this weekend's slate. This weekend's slate, which is, by the way, we're going to pick four games on the pod today, LSU at Mizzou. LSU, a two-touchdown favorite in that game, which is now in Columbia, Missouri, because of Hurricane Delta uh, bearing down on the Louisiana coast. Our thoughts yeah. and prayers are with everybody um, on that Louisiana yeah, coast. Yeah, unfortunately, just those. real quick, since yeah. this is a bit of a stage here, um, so it looks like Baton Rouge is going to be fine. It looks like somehow in this crazy year, Baton Rouge has dodged it yet again, and New Orleans for that matter. This thing continues to move west, and I don't know if anybody saw the Laura storm a few weeks ago and what that did to Lake Charles in West Louisiana, but it was terrible, and those same places are about to get hit very hard again. So if you have any extra uh, cash flow or anything or you can find it in your heart, just look up. Uh, Google like Lake Charles Red Cross. Just look up how you can get involved in that uh, in that relief for West Louisiana because they are going to need it. I second that, T-Bob. And uh, the three other games we have on the menu today, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Kentucky's a two-point favorite at home. Tennessee at Georgia. The Dogs, almost a two-touchdown favorite, 12 and a half. I'm really interested to get your thoughts on that game with Georgia looking ahead, possibly, to Bama next weekend. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to ignore that. Florida at Texas A&M. The Aggies are a six-and-a-half-point home dog. And, T-Bob, there's one thing that we love on the Friday edition of Football and Grits, and that is a – home dog let's start though with your specialty lsu at mizzou how do you see this game playing out what do you think of the number it's changed a lot since that game has been moved how do you see this play out uh i think this is easy man so when this number was 20 and a half i would have laid off of it uh push come to shove i mean i guess i probably would have chosen mizzou but now that this game's moved to 11 a.m. kickoff, it's been moved to Missouri. It looks like the line makers feel like that was pretty significant because they, I mean, just look it up online a, l- a little bit ago, and that, that line's all the way from 20 and a half down to 14. And to me, that feels like an autoplay. Uh, just, just, just play LSU, and you will be rewarded. Um, Miss, uh, Missouri's not very good. Uh, they don't really excel at anything. I mean, I know statistically we're in a small sample size when we had two games and they played two tough ones, but this is another tough one. And I don't think they're going to fare any better in this one. I think that LSU discovered a lot of things 
um, over the last couple of weeks. I think offensively they started to define their identity, you know, putting a little less on Miles Brennan, putting him in quicker, easier decision-making standpoints, um, more of a running game emerging. John Emery, I'm expecting a big game out of him. And I really don't think the location change makes that much of a difference. Uh, simply because home field is not what it is in most years. So you don't lose a ton by leaving, and you're also not suddenly going to have to be going on like silent count or anything because you're going up to Mizzou. Uh, I already loved LSU in this game. I absolutely love him at 14. Uh, I, I think the thing with LSU is, if you're listening you think I sound crazy, you're probably thinking about the Mississippi State game. I cannot reinforce enough how much I believe that Mississippi State game fully falls on a coaching staff that put together one of the worst defensive game plans I've ever seen and just had an utter and inexplicable lack of adjustments. Now you got Stingley back. You just look at the talent of this LSU. They get Glenn Logan back, their senior starting defensive lineman. I mean, there's just so many elements working against Mizzou here. Give me the Tigers big. Yeah, I like the that, T-Bob. I do. I like that big uh, as well. And, and the reason why is because I called Vandy a get-right game for LSU. Now this is a confidence builder game for LSU. Yeah. You, you feel good about yourselves. Now let's go up to, to Columbia Mizzou and, and, and beat up on Eli Drinkwitz and, and that Mizzou program that is in its first year under a new head coach while LSU seems to be clicking on all cylinders. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if this game was in the ballpark of 50-14, of 50-21. to 14, of yeah, 50 to I- 21. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expect it to feel a lot like, which is why I actually pushed him to shove it, probably would have actually chosen LSU to cover the 20. Because now that we're talking this out loud, um, I, I think it's going to be a very similar scoreline to what you saw in Vanderbilt last week. No doubt weekend. about it. I, so, I, I totally yeah, agree. Big. I totally, totally agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Next up is Mississippi State at Kentucky. You know, I'd argue that that Mississippi State's loss against Arkansas was was one of the more embarrassing losses that I've that I've seen in quite a bit of time. And and the reason why is because Mississippi fans were, were really quick to bark after that win at Tiger Stadium. They were feeling themselves. <laughs> they truly were. And to, to to lose to Arkansas it was it was a complete disaster. I think it's something that Mike Leach can get away with T Bob in year one. While it feels new, things are fresh, you're coming over coming off of a big win at Tiger Stadium. But but as this relationship uh, between Mike Leach and that fan base continues to roll on, in the SEC, you know, maybe in the Pac-12, those those type of losses are acceptable. Don't work that way in the SEC. Kentucky's a two-point favorite in this game. How do you see it play out? Hmm. So I'm at odds here because my football brain tells me that I think that Kentucky wins this game. I don't think that Mississippi State is particularly good at stopping the run. I feel like because of that, Kentucky can control the clock, and if you control the clock against an air raid team, um, you're obviously going to keep them off the field for a long time, which could help you a long way. That said, as an LSU uh, person who watches that team, I need Mississippi State to show up because every subsequent 
falling flat on the face uh, that this air raid offense goes through just makes Bo Pelini and that LSU coaching staff look worse and worse for what they did that first game. I mean, they played right in the air raid's hand. What did Barry Odom do with Arkansas last week? He rushes three and drops eight into coverage. Uh, what did Chris Peterson at Washington do in two years against Washington State to hold them to 500 yards, five picks, and zero touchdowns in two games? What did he do? 80% of the time, he rushed three and dropped eight. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's that easy, but I do think that Kentucky's more talented overall. And so, like, if they abide by that plan, Mike Leach has to prove that he can beat it. Um I, I think it's Kentucky. I, I think it's Kentucky. I hope it's Mississippi State, but I would play Kentucky minus the two. We're in agreement there as well. And you mentioned T-Bob, and I think you're spot on about Mississippi State having a really difficult time stopping the run. You know what they can't do either? They can't run the football. Yeah. They can't do it on either side. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going – and and if you can't run the ball or stop the run, uh, there's a pretty good chance that uh, you're going to lose, especially in the SEC. And with this number at two, man, I, I don't know. It, it, is it a rat? I, I can't tell. But I think from a national perspective, maybe – people that aren't in the weeds when it comes to the SEC like we are, they're still thinking about Mississippi State beating LSU. Yeah. And yeah. maybe the, the the Bulldogs are a little bit overvalued here. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and like may, maybe we're overreacting to how poor it looked last week against Arkansas. Like, I got to imagine that Leach has got some sort of adjustments in the pipeline. But Kentucky's had a rough season thus far. Um, and, 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 and I think that – well, I guess I guess it kind of a lot of this is going to depend on how the Kentucky team responds, right? Um, two game, you know, they they felt like they had the Auburn game in hand for a while. They end up losing that by double digits. They obviously felt good about Ole Miss for long stretches of that game. They end up losing in heartbreaking fashion, overtime, missing an extra point. So Brutal. does that like break them to where they're just like ah, screw it, nothing matters anyway? Or is that that catalyst to be like, no, we are better than this? Let's get it done. I, I I think under Stoops it'll be the latter, but we'll see. I would play the minus two. I, I agree with you as far as Stoops is concerned. You know, he's the type of coach that you want in this situation, be able to bounce back from those two losses. He's done an, an incredible job uh, for the Wildcats. Let's move on uh, down to Athens, Georgia, where Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett, I guess, will take the field uh, against yeah. Tennessee. That Georgia quarterback situation I find hilarious, and and I think Bennett uh, proved me wrong this past Saturday, proved a lot of people wrong, um, even maybe that coaching staff. And, and he played with a chip on his shoulder against Auburn. Can he keep it up? JT Daniels cleared to play. Whether we see him on the field or not uh, remains to be seen. Uh, you know, I mentioned in the open, I think one of the more interesting aspects here is who Georgia has next week going on yeah. the road to Alabama. But the Tennessee game always is, is a great rivalry game in the SEC East for Georgia as well. So you'd think that that Kirby yeah. and the crew would have them ready to rock for this one. Uh, they're almost a two-touchdown favorite, though. We're going to go with the number at 12.5. How do you see this one? Um, so I, I actually think this one is 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 pretty easy to figure out. Um, I like Stetson Bennett, like you said, a chip on his shoulder, a chaw in his mouth. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to Stetson Bennett in a little bit though, because my view on this game has nothing to do with that quarterback. It has everything to do with Guarantano and why it's just not going to work out for Tennessee. Tennessee wants to run the ball. 
that is the driving force behind their offense. It's what's going to put Guarantano in situations to succeed. They will not be able to run the ball against Georgia. And look, ultimately, Georgia's defense is going to be why they will be as good as they are this season. Um, and, and, and so I like I like Georgia big here. I just don't think it's a good matchup for Tennessee because like exactly what they want to do, Georgia's just very well suited to stopping it. So I do like Georgia to win this game big. I would actually take them to cover that big number of uh, 12 and a half. The only question I have about Georgia, and this would even be more, and as far as a trap game thing, I'm with you, right? I mean, if you can't get locked in for a ranked Tennessee team that suddenly thinks they're the goods, then you got, you got bigger problems. But you should be able to lock in on this game and not worry about Alabama next week. Now, when it does come to the Alabamas, here's my question with Georgia. How have they evolved? Right, they spend an entire offseason talking about bringing in a new offensive coordinator. We're going to redo things, you know, kind of selling their fans on Jamie Newman and this vision of, of them having like an LSU-type offensive turnaround. And now here we are two games in, and what do they have? Jake Fromm light at quarterback? Like how is Stetson <laughs> Bennett going to bring you to higher highs than Jake Fromm did? I just I, – I, I don't know. And the style of offense that you're playing. So like, yeah. Georgia's going to do what they've been doing. They are far more talented than anybody they face. They will beat the lesser teams. My question is, when they face teams on that same talent level, are they dynamic enough offensively to keep pace? And I just don't see how that's possible. Unless the defense is just so much better than everybody else. I don't see how that's possible when it just feels like you have somebody who's a game manager like Jake Fromm, but with even less explosiveness. The number here, T-Bob, is is really interesting to me, uh, being that it sits at 12.5. If that number was at 14 or 14.5, I would feel a lot better about taking Tennessee in this one. I, I think Georgia is a ticking time bomb waiting for a loss. And instead of jumping the gun this weekend – this, to me, is a no play, and the reason why is because I'm going to hammer next uh, week Alabama against the Dogs. Uh, oh, I, th- okay. I, I think yeah. I think Alabama next week is going to be that loss for Georgia. It, it's coming, but and and maybe it'll be early. Maybe this weekend will be the ticket because I, I'm still not a believer. I, I don't think that you can win in the SEC. We've got one more game to go, Florida at Texas A&M, but quickly I want to get your reaction to this. I just yeah. don't think that the way football is changing right now that like defensive football with – out an explosive offense can win you the SEC. I just don't think that works. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It can win you a ton of games, right? Especially when you have the a pro style offense more directly correlates to your talent level than does a more spread type of attack. Spreads can overcome talent def- if deficiencies, things along those lines. If you run a pro style offense and you have a team full of beasts, like yeah, the majority of the time you'll be able to safely you know, kind of risk-free, lean on people and beat them. But I'm with you. When you run up against the best, like Alabama's defense may not be as good as Georgia's, but their offense feels, uh, you know, multiple orders of, of, you know, multiple factors of orders or whatever. It just feels multiple times better than does uh, Georgia's offense. So I'm, I'm with you. As far as Tennessee goes, this is an opportunity game, man, right? I mean, you're you like like there's an argument to be made that Tennessee could be the fourth best team in the SEC right now ahead of LSU ahead of everyone else the ranking and record could potentially support it uh they don't necessarily have to beat Georgia but they do have to go out there and show that they belong i just don't think they're going to be able to do that 
Believe it or not, I, I think sitting here having this conversation with you, if, if I was forced to make a play on this game, I wouldn't even take the 12 and a half. Uh, I would take Tennessee big time plus money. Like, just go for the outright W. You're going to get great odds on that. Maybe they're looking ahead to Bama. I'm not saying take that, but if you, but if you do have uh, maybe some extra funds, you know, after a, yeah, that's a, like a, a ten win. buck. Like, see what your return can be. Just throw some money on it, whatever money you're comfortable, kind of pissing in the wind. But I mean, that that's a deal with those money line plays, right? It's like exactly. You, they're never going to be likely to win. You just want to find the one that has the most likely unlikely chance <laughs> and i know your co-host on hold that podcast podcast brody miller would appreciate that value talk right here on yeah on football and grits we've got one more to go florida at texas a&m here's the home dog uh, always love when a home dog's part of this pick them slate texas a&m plus six and a half at home against the hot gators what's your take um, I am so not buying Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. I don't know if this comes from um, just a distaste between the LSU and A&M fan bases or whatever. Like, I don't know if that's an element of this, but I have always consistently been uh, a, I just, I mean, I just don't see it with A&M. They tell me they move the ball against Alabama. I hear they move the ball against Alabama every single year. And what does it equate to? It equates to like a 30 point loss every single year uh they obviously did not look inspiring at all against Vanderbilt that was a way closer game than it had any right to be uh things feel unsettled in College Station you're a few years into this Jimbo contract now you're paying seven and a half million for what to watch the same song and dance seemingly every single year so like yeah A&M desperately needs this from a from a pleasing the fan base signature win type of moment I just don't I just don't see it I think Florida's way better and people want to talk about the ball being moved on Florida's defense that's fair um that has happened but at the same time Florida's offense has put teams in a position where they're having to chunk it and they're trying to uh trying to play catch up I also don't see Texas A&M's offense being nearly as dynamic as was uh Ole Miss's when they squared up with Florida so yeah, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a believer in Kyle Trask in Florida. I am not a believer at all in Kellen Mond at A&M. Home dog or no, give me the Gators minus the six and a half. Uh, the Gators are are something else. They're hot. They're they're the hot team earlier in the season. Can they peak at the right time, T. Bob? That's what I want to know. You know, when we get into November, when we get into December, the SEC this season is crazy, man. It's like you know we're we're ready for for rivalry weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, to be the end of the the season. But like we're going past that this year, and I'm just like trying to wrap wrap my my mind around how yeah. fun it's going to be um, in December in college football when, when I so know. many I mean, games I mean, matter. Who's- you know, is the East better than the West this year? When's the last time we could say that? I mean, that's a conversation that's super legitimate right now. Uh, who is the second best team in the SEC West? I mean, I still think it's LSU, but is that an absurd thing to say after what you witnessed against Mississippi State? Like, I just, it's this outside of Alabama just being Alabama, like always, this is as influx of an SEC year as I can remember probably in the last like five. He's T-Bob Bear. You can catch him on Hold That Podcast podcast, of course, on The Athletic. Subscribe, rate, and review that show. You can catch him off the bench on ESPN Radio Baton Rouge. And, of course, you can buy your specialty meats at A-Bear's Specialty Meats. T-Bob, yeah. thank you so much for the time, my friend. 
All right, John, take it easy, man. Holla. That's going to do it for this week on Football and Grits. Remember, please subscribe, rate, review the show, drop us a line, tell us what you like, leave us a five-star. We'll really appreciate it. It helps get the word out. We're really, really happy to be able to bring you SEC audio content five days a week at The Athletic. Make it part of your morning routine. Make it part of your commute. Maybe listen on your way to pick up lunch during your afternoon. We're so glad to be here, and we'll be here with you throughout the season. David Ubbin, Andy Staples, they'll be with you on Monday to recap the weekend that was in the SEC. Until next Friday, I'll talk to you then.